Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Okay. How's everybody doing? Let's see if I'm doing this right here. A couple of people coming in. First time doing this. Bear with me. How's it going, Ben? So, that was some kind of game. Got about 60 minutes of not so much, and then a good three-on-three OT of just about everything. And we finished the night in first place in the Metro. So overall, not too bad. Uh, so I guess we'll just start kind of going through uh, the basis, basic flow of the game, I guess. Um, like I said, not much going on for really 60 minutes. Uh, it seemed like the Flyers kind of had control of it through about the first 30 or 40 even. Um, I guess maybe the last part of the second period there, Montreal kind of took a little bit of control of the game. Um, you guys hearing me okay? Anyway, um, they needed a strong third period. Uh, I thought they came out pretty strong in the third. Top line particular, Coots, G, TK, I mean, they controlled the game for the most part um, from start to finish, but I thought they really took control in the third. I uh, just couldn't seem to get one past Lindgren there. Um, you know, Lindgren was really on his game. I know there's been a lot of talk of him out of Montreal. Um and he showed it tonight. There's a reason why. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, outside of that, um, Morazic can't say enough about his game. Uh, first shutout as a flyer, and he earned every bit of it. Um, big save after big save, especially in the OT and the shootout. Uh, I mean, that. Goalie opened the shootout there. He had no chance on that. You know, um, really can't say enough about how he's really played in his three starts, really. Um, you know, I was at the game in Columbus uh, against Columbus. I thought he was pretty spectacular in that game. Um, you know, first game as a flyer. And uh, even against Ottawa, you know, giving up two goals late, it was more of a team effort, really, um, than anything that he was doing. So, and then tonight was clearly his best performance yet. Um, in terms of, you know, the rest of the guys, I mean, just kind of looking, looking over the stats and everything, you know, numbers-wise, was maybe Limblom's weakest game. Um, I think there were 
actually a few board battles he didn't win as opposed to winning every single one that he normally does. Um, but on the whole, still a pretty strong game for him and Patrick's line, I thought. Um, they had their fair share of chances. You know, it wasn't like they were getting pinned in their zone too often. Um, Patrick, you can tell he's just flying now. Uh, any ill effects he had from that surgery, long gone. You know, Voracek just being Voracek on a, as he has been all year. Um, you know, I, I thought Limbaum's, I think it was early in the first, it was maybe in the first period it was, I think, that, uh, or I guess it was the second period maybe. He had that drive to net. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but he starts that zone exit, gets it up to Voracek. Voracek skates in. Limbaum goes hard in the net all the way from center ice. Um, you know, just barely misses scoring his first NHL goal. Uh, and that, that would have been just, it was a typical Limbaum play. You know, makes a smart heads up play to, to exit the zone, like I said. Just drives in that hard. Uh, got a stick on it, just couldn't finish. Uh, you know, I, I just hope at this point, uh, to me, he's doing enough to show that he belongs at this level. Uh, IQ, the board work, just the strength. Um, he clearly doesn't feel like or look like he's out of place. You know, I thought this was something that potentially they could have done back in December, maybe early January in terms of calling him up, giving him a shot. Um, but point is he's here now and hopefully they give him a long enough look in the top six. Um, but just on the team in general uh, to show that he belongs up here. Cause I think it's pretty evident. Uh, let's see, we'll get to some comments here. Uh, play defense well for a change. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought so. I mean, they're playing a pretty weak team in Montreal, but um, overall, you know, a few blips here, but I thought Morazic was really strong, and that may have elevated the play of the defense a little bit too. Uh, in terms of Morazic being our new starting goalie for the foreseeable future, for sure. Um, you know, obviously with Elliott and Nuvi dealing with some injuries there. Um, you know, I think Hatchdall mentioned that Elliott was going to be skating hopefully in the next week or so. Um, so he's probably not going to get back into any game action still for a while. Uh, you know, Nuvi, I don't know what's, what's the deal with him. I know four to six weeks is a timetable, but. You know, in terms of what happens when, I guess, all three guys are healthy, that's going to be kind of a tough question, I think, um, even with Lyon up here. You know, he doesn't have a future up here, obviously, but they'll have you know, potentially three four goalies healthy at once fairly soon. So they're going to have to make some decisions there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, Nuvi maybe ends up on LTIR, you know, long-term injury, uh, just to finish out the season, and they go with Morazic and Elliott the rest of the way. Uh, but in terms of who they decide to go with in the playoffs, I mean, that's probably going to come down to how Morazic continues to play over the rest of the way. Um, you know, if, if he obviously he keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard to take him out of the net. Um, but if Elliott can come back, 
kind of earn that net back. Um, you know, it'll be interesting for sure. I don't know uh, what they're going to do at that point, but kind of across that bridge when you get there, so to speak. Um, over under on TK scoring a shootout goal before his 10th attempt. <laughs> he's, he's probably going to bury one pretty soon. I mean, he's got plenty of skill. I thought he made a great move in the shootout there. Um, Lingering just did a good job of staying with him, honestly. Uh, I think I remember him pulling that shootout move out actually when he was in Sarnia a couple years ago playing in juniors. Um, just had the goalie dead to rights and beat him. I think, yeah, like I said, he's, he's got plenty of skill. He's got the, the talent to be able to finish on those just for whatever reason they're going for him. Sometimes, it's, you know, it's just luck of the draw, unfortunately. Drew's going through a little bit of funk with those, obviously. Um, Vorchak was not so great at those for a while, and all of a sudden he seems like he's scoring on every other attempt. I mean, we even saw Couturier score one tonight, and <laughs> I don't think I can remember the last time he scored a shootout goal, so. Shootouts are kind of luck of the draw, ultimately. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, yeah, Coots and Jake. Yeah, I mean, Coots and Jake were Coots and Jake. I mean, at this point, it's kind of what you expect at this point, right? Um, not much else you can really say about that. <laughs> what else are we going over here? I mean, in terms of, like, deployment and everything by Haxall today, I don't know if I can say there was... Anything overly egregious? I mean, I, I noticed uh, Jake was double shifting for Wheel towards the end of the game there. I think Wheel, what did he end up with? Just under 11 minutes total for the game. Uh, I didn't think he was bad by any means. You know, that could have just been a situation where they're trying to get you know, goal. I mean, it, it, tied 0-0, zero, zero. they're trying to do everything they can to score. I don't really have an issue with Warcheck and double-shifted there. Um, not crazy about Philpola getting almost 16 minutes in a game. That's not great at this point, um, especially with Lawton only getting 12. It wasn't Lawton's greatest effort, I guess, but, you know, overall... I think he's shown at this point in the season that he's probably a little more likely to score than Philip Lowe, or at least create, create a scoring chance. Um, so that may be somebody that uh, you want out there over Philip Lowe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I say, Axel loves his glue man group. Um, but, you know, again, really other than that, the minutes are spread out pretty well. Um, there wasn't a D-man that played under 17 minutes. It looks like 17-34. So um, they got pretty good numbers, pretty good. You said all six of their guys tonight. Um, that's always a good thing. Terry leading the way a nice time. That's no, no surprise there. Um, 
and then you know connecting. I mean that that move in the OT, I I cannot believe he pulled that off. I don't know how he pulled that off. Um, that's just skill demonstrated at its highest level there. You know, this unbelievable play. Um, everything but the finish there, obviously, hitting the post. That was a little bit of a gut shot, I'm sure, to him, but hell of a play. Uh, let's see what else we got there. Needs to get off his reliance on football line, makes zero sense. Yeah, um, like I just kind of iterated there. Actually, I was going to go with those guys. They're vet guys. Um, they're in a playoff race. You know, it's it's just what coaches in general, I think, tend to resort to, unfortunately, is to just go with that, you know, quote-unquote vet presence. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate if you don't get the on-ice results that you really want from those guys. Um, but... And overall, I didn't kill him today. It just uh, not something I guess you really want to get into a habit to. But like I said, coaches have their faults with that. I think you're going to see that pretty much anywhere, unfortunately. Optimization, that's kind of my favorite word. It's its not um, rampant in the NHL. <laughs> it's uh, something I think a lot of coaches could really work on. But... Like I said, a win's a win. You know, getting the shootout wasn't pretty to start. But uh, they finished it off pretty strong. Solid impression from Mrazic. Yeah, yeah, Mrazic, uh, like I said earlier, he's been more than solid, really. I mean, he's been downright impressive through three games. Uh, I think... Yeah, when he was signed, I think the general consensus was he was going to give pretty much the same thing Nuvi and Elliott was giving us all year at this point. Um, you know, wasn't going to necessarily consistently win games for you, but he had the ability to steal games here and there. Um, you know, I don't think he necessarily stole the game tonight because I think the Flyers are all played Montreal, but he still had made some big saves and he needed to. Um, Definitely impressive from that standpoint. Uh, let's see what else we got. I think we've seen the last of Neuwirth. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, like I said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they end up putting him on long-term injury, um, depending on whatever he's got going on. Um, and then, you know, at that point, it kind of depends on uh, Mrazek and how he plays. Um, if they decide that they want to go with Mrazek and Elliott going into next year, I mean, Mrazek's an RFA, so he is somebody they're going to have to re-sign. Um, you know, they hold his rights if they want. I think he's making a little over $4 million at this point, if I have that right. Um you know, so at that point, it's up to them if they want to bring him back. Um, maybe somebody that I know a lot of people may not think he's going to be easy to move, but there's always people out there looking for goalies, uh, capable backup goalies. And, and Nubi is a capable backup. I mean, he's not a starter. 
I think that's pretty clear at this point in his career. Um, guy just can't stay healthy long enough to be dependent on as a, as a full-time starter. But he has a pretty capable backup. Um, and as long as you don't ride him into the ground, he can give you some solid games here and there. So I don't think it's out of the question that uh, Newby could be somebody that a team comes knocking on the door and offers something for him. Uh, thoughts on Oduya? Yeah, so I'm sure the BSH crew carried that um, over the last hour or so. Um, but, you know, I, I commented on it a little bit when it happened. Oduya's, he's okay. He's a, I mean, he's a sixth, seventh defenseman on a good team. Um, his numbers are decent. You know, he's not, he's not an offensive guy. He's not somebody that's going to score. And I think if you want to compare it to somebody, it's kind of like, you know, Manning is the offensive version of Oduya, and Oduya is the defensive version of Manning, I guess, if you want to go with that. So Oduya is a little bit more solid defensively, but he's not going to give you as much as Manning has offensively at this point, um, even though obviously Manning's not really known for his offense. But uh, for whatever reason, he's been a little bit better on that point this year. So I, I wouldn't expect Oduya to play too much. He'll probably get the sparing kind of, I guess, Nick Schultz treatment from, you know, last second half of last year or whatever when uh, he come in sparingly for a few games here and there. Um, but unless there's an injury, I would think Oduya is basically here for that, you know, vet Stanley Cup presence, kind of carry that throughout the locker room, intangible. Uh, Ghost and G dropping the gloves. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Ghost dropping the gloves, especially that early on in the game, kind of taking himself out of it. He took Pacioretty with him, so ultimately it didn't end up being too bad of a trade-off. Um, but when you're getting power play, kind of wants you out there, bud. <laughs> we need that point shot. Um, yeah. I saw a comment from earlier in my Twitter feed about, you know, the nice to get a guy like Maroon for that reason. Might just be a better idea not to drop the gloves at all in that situation. <laughs> um, do you have to be better than Manning, right? Uh, you would hope. I tend to think he's not. That's just my opinion. Um, again, the numbers are... They're okay on him. Uh, he is, he's 31 years old. It's not like he's, you know, a young up-and-coming player or anything like that. Um, been around the block a little bit. Um, like I said, I don't really expect him to get too much playing time. Uh, what else we got? Incredible to check now and see first place. Yeah, I mean, it's it is it's pretty unbelievable um, to think we've gone at you know this far coming from that ten game winless streak like they like to call it <laughs> back in uh, November into December um, I think I saw the last thirty eight games they're twenty six eight and four in the last thirty eight games that's pretty unbelievable I don't think anybody could have saw that coming from this team um, you know I've I've been one of the f one of you know, I guess a 
minority of people that have always kind of seen this team as a playoff team, even from the beginning. Um, you know, it's on paper. I just thought they had the depth at forward to to take advantage. You know, and and uh, and, and be a team that could ultimately finish maybe as high as third in the Metro. Um, definitely good enough to be a wild card team. Uh, I did not see this. This is unexpected, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. But Tara, I wouldn't mind letting walk, placing on waivers. Yeah, um, but Tara, not somebody I think is going to be here past this year, so I think that's probably a positive. You want to take that out of there? I mean, it's weird. I think Haxtell's kind of cycled through his favorites and his doghouse members uh, throughout the year. I think he started out with Laterra, worked his way to Luis. Now it seems like he's on Lear. I, I don't know what he's looking for there. Um, it's been something that I've been pretty baffled about, honestly. Um, can't really seem to figure out what it is about Lear that he doesn't like. Uh, I'm not trying to say that Lear's this potential young stud that they're leaving in the press box to collect dust or anything like that. Um, but I do think he brings more to the table than Lotero Ruiz. Uh, and so I think as a coach, it should always be your focus to put your best team out there, given whatever's on your roster. Um, I think he's like, 95% of the way there with what he's got on the roster right now. Um, you know, again, ultimately, does, does Lear make a huge difference? No, uh, but it's, it's really the principle behind it, right? I mean, like I said, you want to ice your best possible lineup, given what you have. And even if you're not a big believer in metrics or, or advanced analytics or anything like that, I think anybody can basically see that Weiss and Laterra aren't giving you much of anything out there when they're there. So, you know, it's something that I think they might want to consider. Uh, what else? Have I heard Hag leads the league in hits? Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, maybe once or twice. I think it's been run by me. Elliot will be back. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. He'll be back. Um, I think the five to six week timeline that was interesting. It's I think it's, it's tough for goalies, especially with an abdominal injury. Um, they probably use that area of the body more than any other hockey player, to be honest. Having to go side to side so quickly, post to post. Um, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, he's back in five to six weeks. Um, you know, if he is, it definitely help shore up the goaltending position. And again, like I talked about earlier, uh, they'll have some decisions to make in terms of who they want to go with in the playoffs. Uh, but it's a good problem to have because you got two capable goalies here. Uh, final was one nothing in a shootout. Uh, let's see. Better watch if St. Louis gets top ten draft pick. Yeah. Um. That's something. <laughs> Stasny getting traded. Uh, a little bit of a surprise to me anyway. 
figured St. Louis would still be looking to make the playoffs. I'm sure they are. Um, training strategy doesn't necessarily mean that they're tanking or anything like that, um, but something to keep an eye on. You know, it's, the Flyers might end up in a, a nice position there where they end up getting a fairly high draft pick on a team that probably should not be in that position. Better lineup for the shootout tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, solid choices all around. I, I'm not one that, that gets too caught up, honestly, in the shootout decisions. Um, like I said earlier, shootouts can be pretty random. I mean, obviously, I don't want them throwing Laterra Weiss out there, but I would never expect them to do that anyway, unless they got down to the, you know, the 18th round or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the choices were good. You know, Drew going first was was a change of pace. Um, I like getting Patrick in there. He's another one's got a ton of skill, obviously. He's got a great shot. I mean, so he's somebody that can frankly beat you clean with a wrister or deke you out of your pads, really. Um, so I like getting him in there, getting him comfortable taking those shootouts. Um, Voracek, like I talked about earlier, he's been, he's been pretty good this year for that. Um, not having Simmons kind of hurts because he's been Fairly good at those recently. Um, yeah, I mean, they're letting their school players do it. And, I mean, that's what they're there for, ultimately. So, um, Pains me so much to watch football in overtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, like I touched on earlier, I guess it's Axel's going to rely on those veterans in places that we're not going to always agree with him using them in. Um it is what it is. At least he had Patrick out there. At least he had, you know, Provorov, Ghost. Those guys are staples now, it seems like. Konechny, um, for sure, is a guy that they're seemingly relying upon in the overtime, which is nice. Um, clearly earned it. Um, those guys will start getting phased out, though, over the next year or two. I mean, Philip was not a guy that I really anticipate being back. Lotero's not a guy I really anticipate being back. Weiss probably ends up being the 13th forward next year. So, you know, they're going to start phasing these young guys in, and it's it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's already fun, and it's only going to get more fun from here. Uh, let's see. TSN crew, Mrazek is the number one goalie here and has to prove it. Felt screwed by Detroit. Yeah, um, I mean, there's been – Speculation with Mrazek in terms of off-ice issues, I guess, um, locker room stuff. I think I heard something about, you know, him not necessarily getting along with his goalie coach over there. So it, it, it all kind of struck me a little bit similar to the whole Steve Mason situation, honestly, when Mason was in Columbus. Um, just sounded like a guy that, for whatever reason, maybe wasn't clicking with the goalie coach and uh, maybe took the wrong route in terms of coming into camp out of shape and things like that. Um, but he's in a new new city, new team, new locker room. You know, sometimes those, those things can really, can really help out. Um, you know, ultimately not a huge believer in that kind of thing. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, sometimes guys really do just need to change the scenery. Um, and hopefully that's, that's what's uh, – 
happening here with Mirazik because he's clearly off to a great start. Uh, Do you will not be able to throw more than 12 minutes a game? Yeah. Uh, if, if and when he plays, that might be the case. I mean, I, I you know, I, 12 minutes is probably drastic. <laughs> I would say he's probably going to end up similar to Manning in, in that sense. You know, he'll probably play 16, 17 minutes a game, do okay if and when he, he does play. I want Ace out ASAP the way the Red Wings are playing. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame them from that necessarily. Um, they clearly have their favorite with Howard. Um, and Morazic just wasn't going to be in their plans. Um, so, and frankly, the Red Wings aren't really trending up as an organization at the moment. So. You know, I can't really imagine Mrazek being too upset about getting traded out of there. I'm sure he's pretty happy where he's at right now. Anything else from you guys? I'm trying to think if I missed anything from the game. Um... Draft talk. <laughs> really? I'm going to talk about the draft after today? Flyers are in first place. We're talking about the draft. That's interesting. Appreciate the enthusiasm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm always willing to talk draft, but it's interesting timing. <laughs> Akilah Thomas. I, I got to be honest. I haven't done too much research with the draft this year. I'm a little behind on that. Um, I'm usually pretty up to date with that kind of stuff, but Life's been a little busy for me, so haven't been able to do too much research on that. Um, but I have heard his name here and there, so that's somebody maybe to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, hopefully the Flyers are picking somewhere in the 17 to 20 something range, though. Manning will ram his face into fists. The rest of it's cut off, but I do agree with that. He does tend to ram his face into fists quite often, especially when he feels like he's messing up out there. At least it seems to be that way. Uh, good old Manning. Oh, Manning will ram his face into fists, so do you will not, so there's that. Yeah, sure, that's a that off for Manning, I guess. <laughs> Manning needs a benching. Yeah, I mean, I could talk your guys' ears off in terms of how I think Sandheim should be up here. I mean, that's, that's the only way I see Manning being benched really being a benefit at this point. I mean, Oduya, like I talked about earlier, I don't know if he's really that much of an upgrade overall over Manning. Um, so, you know, I think they got a top four defenseman sitting in the in the AHL right now, but it is what it is. I mean, in terms of that affecting Sanheim, I don't think it'll affect him too much at all. I mean, he'll 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 be fine. That was never my concern. He's tearing it up down there, like I knew he would. Um, clearly, looks to be too good for that league, but 
he's getting top pair minutes on there. Um, Phantoms are a pretty good team, so he'll likely have a nice playoff run down there with him, get some experience there. It's never a bad thing. Um, you know, I don't, in terms of Sandheim specifically, I don't have a problem with him being in the AHL for his development. Um, I just think ultimately it would have been better to have him up here. Ty Smith in the draft. Yeah, again, I haven't done too much research. I, I mean, I know the key guys, Svechnikov and Darlene, Kachuk, Sedina, Wallstrom, guys like that, but um, I haven't done too much research past that. Man, he needs to go, so does Letera. Yeah, uh, again, I, I think they will. You know, it's not going to be this year. That, you know, Hextall is going to keep this team together for the most part. Obviously, trade deadline's passed, right? So um, they do have three call-ups left, I believe, to make before the end of the year. So it's possible, I guess. But I would expect that the team stays largely intact and they just go with what they got. And, you know, in, in a season where you got Tampa Bay loading up, you got Pittsburgh loading up, Boston looks like a juggernaut for whatever reason. Uh, Toronto's built for a playoff run after what they did last year. It's going to be hard for the Flyers to even advance whether they would have done something major in the trade deadline this year or not. So stick with what you got. Get playoff experience for guys like Patrick and Ghost and Konechny and Provorov and only good things from there. Um, Ghost in the Box being replaced by Fopla. Yeah. Like I said, not a not a great trade-off to get your uh, power play quarterback off the power play at the beginning of the game like that. But it is what it is. I don't anticipate Ghost taking too many more of those, although he hasn't gotten into a lot of fights recently for for him. I think Odeus, oh, hey, what's up, John? I think Odeus slots in versus Carolina. It's possible. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, I guess, Hackstall wants to see what he's got from the new guy. Um, you know, Hackstall doesn't like to change his lines, his lines and combos after a win. Uh, not many coaches do, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Um one of those odd games he gets here and there is, is rather early in the process just to get a look at him. I could see that. He is 36. Yeah, I think I said 31 earlier. I don't know where I got that from. Um, when is Sandheim coming back? I wish I could tell you that. Um, I would love to know myself. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be surprised, and I would probably expect at this point, given them, you know, signing Odie off of waivers, that he's probably not coming back this year. I would venture to say that he's going to end up staying down with the Phantoms. Um, hopefully, staying paired with Philippe Myers. Those guys are tearing up down there lately. 
um, and just rolling with it in the playoffs down there, trying to get a deep playoff run with the Phantoms. You know, again, I, I, that's ultimately going to be a good thing for him. Can't hurt him to get that kind of experience, you know, in the playoffs, whether it's in the AHL or the NHL. Obviously, he'd prefer to be here in the NHL, but, you know, at least he's playing, and he's playing big minutes. I mean, that's, that's the most important part. He's not in the press box anymore. Uh, did Hextall pull a coup with getting Mrazic? A coup? I mean, I don't know if I would say a coup. Um, he got a good deal, you know, especially for being kind of backed up against the wall, um, really needing a goalie. Uh, you know, it's, he could have easily been put into a position there where he had to kind of overpay, and I don't think he overpaid at all. I think it was a pretty solid deal. Um, you know, conditional pick. That, that pick will probably convey into at least a third because he's, he's only needs, I think it's five wins, five regulation, regular season wins um, for that pick to go from a fourth to a third. Um, and then that pick becomes a second if he wins six playoff games, I think. That one gets a little more tricky depending on how they depend on or how they decide to go with the whole Elliott Mrazic goalie situation in the playoffs. Um but, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, it's, I thought that was a pretty solid deal. And, I mean, it is early, so it's you know, not to be a downer, but it is always possible that Mrazic has a few rough games here and there after that and, or slows down or whatever. But he's honestly been trending up for the last probably month in Detroit. So this is probably just a continuation of that. Hopefully he can at least, if he slows down, not fall off a cliff and he kind of levels out. Um, like I said, around where the Flyers have been getting goaltending. I mean, their goaltending has been good this year. Overall, 5-on-5 five five in particular, it's, it's really the PK that's been killing this team top to bottom from, you know, system all the way through goalie save percentage and everything like that. So 5-on-5 five five have been one of the top, I think, five teams in the league. I mean, for a while, they were number one in the league, 5-on-5 five five goals um, or save percentage. So, and goals against. Uh, so it's – if you can – Contribute to that. If you can keep it up at that level, that's all you really need. Uh, what else we got? Mrazic um, Elliott is a good tandem next year while Hart gets time in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's certainly possible. Um, Hart will definitely end up in the AHL next year. I, I don't think there's really a chance he ends up in the NHL, not with the amount of goalies they have signed. Um, and just in general, it's hard for a 19, 20-year-old goalie to play in the NHL. Uh, so I would expect Hart to be the number one in the AHL next year, um, if not immediately, probably some way, somewhere halfway through the season. But based on who else they have kind of in the AHL at this moment, I don't see why Hart – couldn't step in and be the starter right away, at least be a tandem and kind of take over later. Um, he's absolutely destroying it in the WHL right now. So they're in, a, they're in a good situation with their goalies, I think, for the next couple of years. And then hopefully Hart can come up and be the real deal. We'll see. Um, next year with Reed. 
next week, next year with Reed and Philpa leaving, we'll have to keep some of these bum contracts. They'll tear in Amex so we don't hit the cap floor. <laughs> I don't think they're in danger of ever hitting the cap floor. Uh, Drew and Voracek combined are like 17 million. Uh, Provorov is going to be getting a, a big extension probably this off season. Um, won't kick in until the following year, obviously, but he's doing a big extension. Konechny's probably going to get an extension this off season. Um, some type of bridge deal, maybe. Um, hopefully, something long term that keeps the keeps the money down. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Flyers are in a great cap situation. I mean, it's kind of I know it's been beaten to death probably about Hextall being great with the cap, but he's been great with the cap. You can't really dispute that I mean, from what he took over to uh, what he's got now. I mean, he, he's got a number one center at $4.3 million cap hit. He's got one of his top pairing defensemen locked up at four and a half. Um, you know, both of those are long-term. He's got guys like Patrick and Sandheim next year and probably Moran at some point next year and Haig and uh, Myers at some point down the road, all on entry-level contracts. Frost may be somebody that comes up and, and could surprise in camp and even push for a spot. He'll be on an entry level. I mean, they, they got a lot of young guys coming through the system that are going to help keep that that money down and, you know, potentially make it easier to sign Simmons if that's how they want to go. Um, or even move on from Simmons and, and bring in somebody else uh, through trade that may have a higher cap it. I mean, it's, it's a great situation they're in, really. Do you think Gudis gets traded in the offseason? That's a great question. Um, I think my, my first article for, for Broad Street Hockey was about this offseason being the offseason that makes a lot of sense for a game act to go. But I did have that little caveat in there that um, if they decide to trade Gudis, that could throw a little bit of a wrench into that. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's it's possible for sure. Um, you know, overall, especially since Sanon got sent down, Gudis hasn't performed too well, <laughs> um, to put it lightly. Um, the advantages he has is he's right-handed. He's more of a physical defense in which they don't really have a lot of um, right now. He's more of a veteran, so it's somebody that they probably want to keep around for the kids. But, I mean, if they decide they want to keep AMAC around for the kids instead, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, that's obviously their prerogative. Uh, that's their right. Um, I wouldn't. I would would not expect Gudis to get traded, but it's possible. Patrick Williams on Twitter: Philadelphia and Lehigh each lead their respective divisions now. Only organization to do so at both the NHL and NHL levels. That's very cool. Kind of keeps pointing to that whole Hextall building this thing the right way. Uh, you know, you see. AHL gets ignored a lot. Minor leagues gets ignored a lot by general managers, I think. Um, it's not stressed enough to build kind of a winning culture from the bottom up. Um, and I think Excel's emphasized that since he's come here four years ago, and it's it's certainly paying off. I mean, like I said about earlier with Sandheim and you know playing in the playoffs. You know, if the fans aren't good, he doesn't get that opportunity. So it's something that's uh, 
shouldn't be ignored. Uh, I have to believe Weiss takes his back his seat back in the press box after Simmons gets back. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, I think we all hope that Limbaugh doesn't get sent down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, would, I would imagine he wouldn't, but yeah, I mean, I, I would assume again, whoever's Hackstall seems to be glaring at that day will probably sit, whether it be Letera or Weiss, um, one of them, I'm sure. Weiss would look great in a phantom sweater. Good mentor for the kids. Can't disagree there. Hate the three-point game. She changed the three for regulation win. Yeah, that's a really strong point. Um, I absolutely agree with that. I think regulation win should count for, should count for more. Uh, why not? I mean, it's harder to win a game in 60 minutes than 65. I mean, it's kind of basic math, right? So, you know, it's definitely something I think would help coaches kind of go for it towards the end of games too, instead of trying to protect leads all the time. I mean, it's something that I feel like is kind of exclusive to hockey almost in a way. I mean, football seems to be, was that way for a while. And, and I mean, I think the Eagles are kind of, you know, opening the door for a more aggressive style and that, you know, that may even transition football out of it. But hockey for sure tends to be more of the, protective mindset when you're leading late in the game. And, you know, I think if uh, you make those regulation wins worth more, you might force teams to push the envelope a little bit more and make these games a little bit more exciting towards the end of games. Hate the playoff format. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know the logic behind it, you know, in terms of wanting to get kind of divisional – rival matchups early in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, it was exciting for a while, but I, I think it's, it's, they got to go back to the old format. Just, you can't be having top teams playing each other early and, and, uh, you know, forcing top teams out early in the playoffs. So it's not really good for the sport. See. When was the last time the Flyers came to Montreal and had three times as many power plays as the Canadians? <laughs> Very good question. I 26 years on this earth, I don't think I've ever seen that. That's that's probably new. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's not, but. <laughs> I have I can't remember off the top of my head the last time that happened. I mean that's that's pretty remarkable. You can still hear Laviolette screaming Montreal typical. Um, this seems very hard for you. First time, yeah. It is pretty hard, I guess. For some people, the season ends after draft day. It does for a lot of people. Uh, 
First place in the Metro, yeah. I did hear that. It's pretty cool. Not something I expected at any point this season. Um, hopefully it lasts. A nice run. There's 9-0-2 in the last 11 games. 10-0-2 in the last 12, I think. Something like that. What a hell of a run right now. Um... I think that about covers it, guys. Thanks for hanging out. It's been real. Um, you know, again, big win for the Flyers tonight. It's a game that they had to have. Playing a team like Montreal, these are not games you can afford to lose. Um, you know, even building a cushion like they have, playing those bottom dollar teams, you really want to make sure you put those guys away. Um, wasn't pretty, but hasn't really been for a little while now. <laughs> um, important part is getting the win, though. The process will come, hopefully. Um, but overall, you know, like I started the show with, not so exciting 60 minutes. Really exciting every time we shoot out, though. And uh, it's good to get the win. So uh, I think I'll end it there. Again, nice talking to you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> and uh, this is Jake Farringer signing off for Broad Street Hockey. First place, Philadelphia Flyers. Enjoy it. Take it easy, guys. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.